Welcome, everybody, to KickServeRadio.com, Tennis on Air with Andy Zoden. Very, very excited today to be joined by one of the greatest tennis players in the United States, in the world. He is ATP star John Isner. And, John, it's great to connect. Uh, unfortunately, the circumstances right now aren't the best, but uh, hopefully you're making the best of a tough situation right now. Yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. The circumstances aren't great right now, but we're all in this together. Uh, Tennis players, tennis fans, everyone in the whole world is in this together right now. A lot of people, John, were um, very disappointed, particularly when the BNP Paribas was canceled. Uh, very shortly after that, the entire tour was canceled for a minimum of six weeks. It looks like it's 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 longer now. You've already kind of given some of, of, of a message, but how important do you think it is that people heed this warning and stay home, not go out unless they absolutely need to, for the sake of, of, of themselves and the tour as a whole? Yeah, it, it, it's very, very important to really just listen to the experts. <laughs> Simple as that. Don't try to think that you're smarter than the doctors and the um, specialists we're seeing on TV because really uh, you're not. Um, It seems, you know, like for me in particular, I feel like I can go out to my house and go to the grocery store and go to the UPS store and just carry about my, my normal life. And it seems like, and chances are I would be fine, but that's not the smart thing to do. You have to, everyone has to be, be in this together. Um, That's what my family is doing. You know, we're only going to the store. We're trying to go to the store like once a week, load up on supplies, get back. And I'm trying to, um, you know, me personally, I'm just trying to stay in good shape, uh, as good a shape as I can from home. Let's talk about that, John. You know, those of us like myself who teach tennis, we can take a little bit of time away from being on the court. A guy that, that plays for a living the way you do and the guys on the tour, what safety precautions are you taking when you go on the tennis court to train that might be a little different from what it was like training just a month ago? Yeah, well, it is It is very different. I haven't, I haven't hit many balls since my last tournament in Acapulco, which it seems like six months ago I, I i i played that tournament it just seems like so so long ago the two times i have played i've just been myself one person i'm hitting with far away as we possibly can and just not uh not trying to touch your face or do anything like that because you're sharing balls and a lot of hand sanitizer uh clean towels everything just it's just basic you know i guess guess common hygiene but you have to be really uh, super vigilant with that now. Um, and apart from, you know, the, the little bit of tennis, uh, I've just been at home, you know, getting on the bike as much as I can and then lifting weights, the weights that I do, have, uh, do have at home. Okay. A lot of people are going to want to know now that Wimbledon looks like it has been canceled. Does that mean that you don't have to run two marathons a week in order to prepare yeah. for one of your marathon matches at Wimbledon that we've become accustomed Exactly. That, uh, running a marathon is actually something I would never do. I'd rather play in a very, very long match. But it, it does appear that Wimbledon um, is going to cancel, which is super unfortunate. I mean, it, it, it hit hard for tennis players and fans when the BNP Paribas got canceled in, in Indian Wells. And when that happened, a lot of us were thinking, oh, crap, you know, this might, this might go on for six or seven weeks, but we would never think that Wimbledon uh, would cancel. And now 
we just got to hope and pray that the U.S. Open can go on. Uh, but that might even seem unrealistic with how New York City is right now. So the tennis world, uh, selfishly, I mean, this is look, this is happening across all all sports, and people are dealing with this and dealing with tragic loss from this. But to speak selfishly for tennis, um, this has been a a real uh, just amazing moment for us in, in, a, in a pretty bad way. No question about it. Let's 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 take a lighter look at it if we can for a second with regard to Wimbledon, John. And I'm going to ask you a a question similar to one that I asked Andy Roddick a few years back. Was that after his after he was able to step away from the game a little bit and look back on his one famous Wimbledon loss to Roger that 16-14 in the fifth? Mm-hmm. Was he able to take some solace in knowing that he was a part of one of the most historic matches in Wimbledon history? And 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 I'll ask you the same thing because you've effectively been a part of two of the most historic matches. Obviously. Yeah. The Nicholas Mahu match, and I believe was at 09, that goes uh, 70-68 in the fifth, and then just a couple years ago against Kevin Anderson in the semis, was it a 26-24 fifth set, if memory serves? Yeah. How does it feel having been a part of those, even though you prefer to be able to look back on having played a Wimbledon final or certainly having won a Wimbledon title, but knowing that you're going to be always remembered as being a part of Wimbledon history for a couple of matches that were so unique to anything that our sport has ever seen? Yeah, I mean it's it's cool to be a cool to be a part of those matches. I won one and I lost one. You know that one, the match in 2010. It's crazy to think that that was uh, 10 years ago. Yep. But you know, being a part of that, it wasn't really whether I won or lost that match. It was just the fact that uh, myself and Nicholas competed and competed our our hearts out throughout the course of those uh, three days. But that's what I'm going to uh, remember from that, not winning the match at all. Because no one really lost when it comes down to it. We just, we competed and uh, gave it our all. Uh, those whole 11 hours on the court, which is uh, crazy to think about. But yeah, certainly uh, I will be, my name will be etched in uh, Wimbledon history forever. And you say no one really lost that match, and, and, and I agree with you on that, but in a way, no one really won it either, because you weren't the same after that thing for a while, were you? No, no, not at all. I was I was messed up for a good, good long time. All right, so speaking of the effect that that match had on you um, for a while after that, what effect will this layoff not just have on you, John, as far as you're concerned, but what do you foresee for the rest of the guys on the tour? Is this going to maybe give an advantage to some of these younger guys that have been hoping to break through? We've seen Dominic Team, you know, play uh, play three major finals now, and we're seeing Stefanos Tsitsipas, uh, you know, make his move from time to time. And there's a handful of younger guys we saw uh, Medvedev and, and Nadal play a great U.S. Open final. You guys that have been around a while have got some younger guys nipping at your heels to say the very least what do you suspect this layoff is going to do with regard to that dynamic yeah it could work in the favor of the younger generation but then it could not as well i mean i can't really say we're gonna have to see what happens when we get back to playing you know when roger Federer had that six month layoff what was it three years ago or whatnot 2017 yeah yeah uh you know uh you know, to sort of heal up and I think rest his knee. He came out of the gates hot as could be and he won the Australian Open. And I don't can't remember if he won Wimbledon that that year or not, but he got them he got back to number he got he got back to uh, number one in the world. So this layoff 
I mean, we're going to have to see. I mean, like it, de- it definitely does hurt someone like like Djokovic and Nadal, but might in a weird way help Roger, even though he's going to be older. Just give him some more time to heal, and maybe he'll come back uh, fitter and stronger. But those guys, as you mentioned, their their time is more than likely coming. Um, but we'll have to see if that if that's the case in in 2021 or not. What about you, John? I mean, you're you're still training hard. You're still, you know, in the let's say the back end of your prime, but still in your prime. Particularly nowadays, when you see how how far these guys are going into their 30s, how much incentive and motivation does that give you to continue forward and to think that uh, there's a possibility that with a little time off and a little time away to sort of reboot things that uh, John Isner's best days may still be ahead of him. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, no one was uh, rooting for uh, a break like this, with, without a doubt. I mean, I wanted to, to keep going. I finally finally feel like this year in particular, I finally started to, to play well. It seems like for me, I, always, I follow a similar trend. I start off maybe a little bit slow and start to pick things up right around March, April, and that was appearing to be the case again, but then our, our tour is taking this hiatus now. But yeah, I mean, I'm, look, I, I take a lot of confidence in the fact that there's some players older than myself that are doing incredible things. Of course, the one shining example is, is Roger Federer. Uh, so for me, I've always kept myself in very good shape. I've been, for the most part, healthy throughout my career. And this layoff's going to be tricky. Um, it's going to be tricky for all players. It's, you know, when do you start practicing? When do you take time off from practicing? When do you train really hard? When do you step back from training? You know, this is stuff that all of us are not used to at all. If, you know, we're not, we don't play tennis in 2020 the rest of this year, I mean, how, how do you train for that? It's going to be a very, very um, interesting situation for, for most players. These are very uncharted waters, to say the least. My guest today on KickServeRadio.com, Tennis on Air with Andy Zoden, former Georgia All-American, top 10 player in the world, John Isner. John, one of the things that I always enjoy doing when we get an opportunity to to chat like this, which is not nearly as frequent as I would like for it to be, is to just talk sports in general. And even though sports aren't being played right now, there are some pretty cool sports stories, and I'd like you to comment on just a few of the highlights if I could get you to do so. And if that's okay, I'd like to start out with with something that I, in my lifetime, didn't know that I would ever see, which is Tom Brady not playing for Bill Belichick. And now he's in Tampa Bay. What are your thoughts on Brady going down to Tampa? What are your expectations there? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's crazy. No one, as you said, no one ever thought he would leave New England. Not, not just leave New England, kind of leave it for one of the smallest markets in the NFL in Tampa Bay. And I think that was a, you know, that, that, that was a strategic decision on his part because Tampa does have some weapons on the defensive side of the ball with Todd Bowles. He's a great defensive coordinator and he has a lot of weapons he can throw to. He's more players he can throw to in Tampa than he did in New England. So I guess he was looking at it that way. And it appears his relationship with Bill Belichick had sort of uh, reached an end. And, you know, with that type of leadership, you would you would have to think that Tampa is going to be a playoff team for, for for these next two years, which for me kind of sucks considering I'm a I'm a big Panthers fan, and it, it appears the Panthers are taking a step back and and are, are in rebuild mode. All right, well let's talk about that because Teddy Bridgewater comes to town. They part ways with Cam Newton. Your thoughts on those decisions? Yeah, I'm not happy with that. I think I'm in the majority of 
most Panthers fans, if you look at, you know, mentions on social media, Panthers fans are not happy that Cam um, is gone. And I don't think Cam is happy either. It looks like he may end up in L.A. for the Chargers. He's going to be rejuvenated, and he's going to be a force next year, in my opinion. You never know what goes on behind the scenes, but I would have loved for for Carolina to have brought him back for you know one year on a one-year contract and just to see how that goes because Panthers fans love Cam Newton, and we are uh, going to be deprived of that. And so all we have is, you know, the, the memories of the, his nine years uh, in Carolina. It's nothing against Teddy Bridgewater. He's a great quarterback and a great teammate from, from everything I hear, but it's going to suck not seeing a number one in a, in a Panthers uniform. Does this put Matt Rule behind the eight ball a little bit with Panther fans coming out of the gate having made this decision? Uh, I think it, it might, but his whole um, repertoire has, has been to rebuild. Look what he did at Temple. He took a 2-11 and Temple team to double-digit wins just two years later, and he did the exact same thing at Baylor. Now, granted, that's in the college ranks where you're coaching 18- to 20-year-old kids. You're not coaching you know, mid-20, 30-year-old millionaire athletes. So it's, it's a very different, different dynamic, but certainly the new owner um, thinks he's the right man for the job, and Matt Rule uh, knows how to turn around programs slash franchises and so he thinks he can do that in carolina for sure let's go let's turn to another sport john you were down in australia i would think when you got Mm -hmm. the news uh of what had happened with kobe bryant yeah and i know you're a big nba fan and i know i don't know if you ever had the opportunity to meet kobe i know Djokovic was a big fan and obviously kyrios was wearing his jersey down there what were your thoughts when you heard that news yeah, I was actually at the DFW baggage claim. I just landed back from Australia. You know, my phone started blowing up. And, you know, you, of course, you immediately, you know, go to Twitter to see if it's actual real news. And it turns out that, that it was uh, tragically. Um, so that was, you know, 2020 has, has sucked so far. There's no God, doubt about it. It, it, is, it, is, it has been brutal. When you lose... Um, a sports icon like that at such a young age and, you know, and you lose seven others or maybe it was eight others. I hope I'm not speaking incorrectly. And then his daughter is just, a, no, I think it was, it was eight others, including his daughter. Yeah. But it was a total yeah, of nine and people. It's just a, just a horrible, horrible, tragic accident. And just, you know, I'd hate to see it. We're, the sports world is still mourning over that. The sports world is still mourning over it, John. And Kobe was getting closer to the sport of tennis as the days went on. It seemed like he spent some time out there with you guys at the U.S. Open last year. I yep. know he was playing a lot of tennis in Newport. And I think we really got robbed of of a guy that might have actually made inroads into the sport. I kind of went made a bold prediction that I could have seen him ending up potentially in Kyrgios' box at one point, maybe trying to help him get his head right and maybe take advantage of, of all that talent that he hasn't necessarily seen uh, completely come to fruition yet. Would that have been a possibility in your in your opinion? Uh, I, gosh, I never thought about that. I know it's a reach. Uh, I know it's a reach. <laughs> yeah, that, that's. I think that's a. I think that's a bit of a reach. Maybe Kobe's a pretty uh, busy guy. I don't know if he has time to, you know, watch Nick play tennis. But no, I I uh, I, I did meet uh, him at the U.S. Open this this past year. And he, I was in the hallway just outside the locker room and he came up beside me and I didn't even see him. And he said, Hey to me, 
where I didn't, it was unsolicited, you know, and I guess he, you know, obviously I stick out, but he must have known who I was or someone told sure. him or something. And he came up to me and didn't expect that at all. He was an incredibly nice guy from the few minutes I, I got to speak to him. And, but yeah, I think you're right. The, the sports world was robbed of his many talents for, for uh, years to come, whether that's, you know, for tennis fans, some, some way, former fashion in the tennis world, but it's just uh, it's terrible he's not with us anymore. Last subject. It's not a pretty one, John, but we've talked a little football. We've talked a little ba- uh, basketball. Let's talk a little baseball, the Houston Astros. How much of a stain on the sport is this, or are you of the belief that, oh, they all cheat? What's the big deal? Some people think this is the worst thing that's happened since the Black Sox scandal, uh, the steroid yeah. era. Where do you put it? No, I think it's, I think it's up there. Um, like I don't, re- I honestly didn't really know what to think. But when I saw the reaction from other players on other teams and how mad they were, and then you look at the guys on the Dodgers, how mad they were, and you look at a guy like Clayton Kershaw who uh, has had some postseason struggles. Well, those guys knew. It seems 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 to be that those guys knew where he was pitching. So I think it's a a very big issue would have been very interesting to see their reactions. Um, excuse me, the fans reactions when, when they hit the road every game this year, hopefully the baseball season can get underway. Uh, those guys should be booed uh, relentlessly. It'll be, it'll make for pretty good TV actually. I think booing is probably the least of their issues. It's just going to be a matter of, of whether or not they get over or under Vegas's line, which I think is like 83 and a half for how many times they get plunked. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, and their their win total is 90. So, I mean, look, it'll be interesting if, if they completely fall off. If they are they only win 80-some 80, 80 games this year, then it'll be a very, very big story. But, I mean, in, in a weird way, they're going to they're gonna be motivated to, to – shut people up as well so um the motivation goes both ways for teams to beat them and maybe plunk them and but also with houston to to silence everyone by winning i think you make a great point when you say no matter what happens it's going to make for some very interesting tv which could potentially be the only way any of us ever see it because i don't know about you john but just because they say that the gates are open doesn't mean i'm in a huge hurry to go sit in and amongst fifty thousand or thirty thousand or however many people just because uh People think they've got a handle on this coronavirus, so that's going to be another thing. Are you guys going to be playing tennis in front of empty stadiums? Well, we would. Well, I think all athletes would love to just get back on the court. Whether it's you know we would prefer to play in front of a lot of fans, but if that's not a possibility, we would just prefer to play in front of empty stadiums. We just want to get out there and compete. So we'll see if that happens. My guest today on KickServeRadio.com, Tennis on Air with Andy Zoden, has been the great John Isner. John, first of all, I wish you the best during these trying times and, and hope that uh, you're able to to use the time to the best of your ability to get your body as healthy as it can be. And I want to also thank you on behalf of a guy that teaches tennis and works with a lot of young kids for setting the example that you do, not just for American tennis, but for the sport of tennis in general. You've always been such a gentleman out there, and we really appreciate that and uh, and everything that you do for our sport. So thank you so much for, for setting such a, a classy example as you always do i appreciate the kind words andy thanks for having me on brother in my mind i'm gone to carolina can't you see the sunshine can't you just feel the moonshine ain't he just like a friend of mine 
from behind Yes, I'm gone to catch 